Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Uh, that's new from the Tabernacle Choir, their uh, new Night at the Movies. Uh, that is the title track, uh, When You Believe. Uh, we'll be joined by Mac Wilberg and uh, Scott Barrick uh, coming up at 1135 to talk about this new album. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and I thought uh, that was the appropriate song for our next guest. Uh, very pleased to be joined now, someone who does believe uh, Jenny Taylor, and uh, Jenny Taylor's a gold star wife. She was has been sworn in uh, at the Pentagon as an uh, aide to the Secretary of the Army and uh, is just an extraordinary force for good in our community here in Utah and an example around the country. Jenny, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks, Boyd. Thanks for helping us kick off this Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> so important for us uh, to really do this right. I think it's a rare opportunity for us to actually do this right uh, and so I appreciate you coming on. We had uh, started off great today with the uh, flag unveiling at IHC. Uh, you've had some experience with uh, that flag as well. Tell us about it. Yeah, so the flag that's flying at Intermountain in Murray today is called Big Betsy, and it is a giant flag about football field size. And it's actually the flag that was flown in North Ogden's Coldwater Canyon uh, shortly after my husband's death. And it's from the group called Follow the Flag. And they do exactly that. They take the flag and they follow from place to place, event to event. And today, of course, they're flying the flag uh, for Memorial Day weekend, but also to show a great debt of gratitude for our health toll workers, our frontline workers who are keeping us all healthy and safe right now and have been called to kind of a new unexpected duty with this COVID situation. And everyone's rising to the challenge beautifully, and we're just grateful for their service. Uh, as as we were texting a little earlier this morning, uh, I think uh, you may have hit it on the nose uh, in say, in saying that uh, you know you were just a, a small step away uh, from absolute crazy. Uh, I of course crossed that line a <laughs> long time ago. Uh, tell us how's everything? How are, is everything going leading up to this Memorial Day uh, for you and for your kids as well? Oh, it is such a mixed bag of emotions, Boyd. You know, there's the pride, there's the gratitude, there's the swell of patriotism, there's the joy for summer and the great weather and and the beautiful outdoors. And then kind of underlying it all, there's this weight that for the, the second year in a row, we are not honoring someone else's loss on Memorial Day, but we're honoring theirs along with our own. And so it's a strange 
mix of emotions to be able to be so happy and heartbroken at the same time. And I can say that with all sincerity. I I only half joke when I say I'm one small step away from completely crazy. We're definitely right there. But life life is beautiful. There's so much for which to be grateful. And this holiday coming up is a very solemn, it's a very solemn day. And for families who have pitched in to pay that price for freedom, it's it's a day that comes with a, a pretty big heaviness. Yeah, it, it really does. Uh, I'm often reminded of uh, Winston Churchill's quote that uh, never was so much owed by so many to so few. To uh, so few. And those those that do pay that ultimate sacrifice, uh, I've always found it interesting that in Lincoln's tribute to those who gave that last full measure of devo- devotion, uh, he shifted really fast because he, he knew they'd already passed the test. And he shifted his uh, his gaze and his challenge really to us to say it's it's for us the living uh, to be so dedicated. And I know you're dedicated to that. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you're doing in your new role uh, as an aide to the Secretary of the Army. You know, I love that. I love that you cite that beautiful Gettysburg Address. Most of us know how it begins and how it ends, but very few of us actually know the middle is a call to a call to duty, really to add honor to those who have given so much honor for us. And that's in some way what I'm given the opportunity to do working with the Secretary of the Army. It's been very virtual. We've done a lot of virtual communication, a lot of briefings, a lot of teleconferences with other civilian aides around the country and also with the Secretary, the Chief of the Army, senior leaders. I'll tell you the number one priority is the health and welfare of their soldiers, of our troops. And not just the physical health, but the, the mental health, the family health, the emotional health. It's such a big package that you can't separate one from the other. And it's been really heartening to be a part of some of these conversations to see how quickly and how dedicated these men and women in the senior leadership positions, how hard they're working to do all that they can to adapt. I mean, never had there been such a need to basically, not that I say we're making it up as we go, but we kind of all are. I mean, we've got research, we've got history, we've got case studies from before, but this is a very unprecedented situation. And the Army is kind of right in the middle of what they're doing and trying to be there to help. The Army Corps of Engineers is across the country ready at a moment's notice to to step in some of the big emergency facilities like the Javits Center and things. And then National Guardsmen around the country are helping with testing, with medical needs. And it's just a beautiful time to see a different role that our Army plays. I think sometimes we see the movies and we think of the guy with a grenade in his hand and he's got camouflage on and he's right. running in the desert. <laughs> or maybe he's the guy next door that's a National Guardsman or Army Reservist. Uh, even an active duty living on post, and he's throwing on his uniform and he's going to the clinic to help. Yeah. Or he's helping fill out extra paperwork or making sure uh, phone calls can get answered and returned, setting up the IT infrastructure so that the Pentagon can go almost completely remote. It's just, it's been remarkable to see our Army in action and to realize that there's probably more to it than most of us thought, especially more than what Hollywood shows us in the movies. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad you raised that. If you're just joining us, we have Jenny Taylor uh, on the line with us, Gold Star wife, uh, aide to the Secretary of the Army, uh, and also leads a very important foundation. And uh, Jenny, we've got just about a minute left, but I wanted to talk just real quickly of the way I think you give that ultimate honor to your husband uh, through the work uh, of his leadership foundation. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Boyd. We've started what we call the Major Brent Taylor Leadership Legacy Foundation, and it's a foundation that focuses on helping leaders 
be service-oriented. Now, those leaders might be college students going into politics or going into business leadership, might be current politicians or, or business leaders, but really leadership is everywhere. Leadership is in the home. Leadership is in the community. We've seen that probably now more than ever, the, the need for good leadership to help us frame the way we see the world, frame the way we react to what we see in the world. So we have a foundation in my husband's honor that's starting with some scholarships. He was a graduate of both BYU and the University of Utah, and shortly we'll be announcing the recipients. There's four this year who will be receiving scholarships in my husband's name. Uh, we're trying to honor military families across the state and nation, kind of help connect that military population to the civilian population by yeah. telling their story. Hey, this is a husband. This is a wife. These are the kids that go with him. These are the mom and dad, the brothers and sisters. Right. And then just really trying to engage communities, engage in patriotism. You don't have to be in camouflage and army boots to be a patriot. There are a myriad of ways that you can give to your country, serve your country, and truly add honor to those who serve our country in uniform. Really quickly, Memorial Day used to be called Decoration Day. Yes. And we all think of decoration like, let's make it beautiful. Let's take flowers to the graves. And that's wonderful. That's a great show of respect. But to decorate also means to add honor to. Think of a soldier who is decorated with awards and accolades and medals and pins. When we add honor to our heroes who are dead, who have given their lives for us, we add honor by how we live. So it's not just a matter of saying, I'm going to honor them and remember them and pay tribute to them. That's beautiful. But now I'm going to take it upon myself to add honor to what they did, to add honor to the way they lived, especially to add honor to the reason for which they died. And that's what Memorial Day really is all about, a day to honor, to remember, to decorate, to add to, like President Lincoln said, these have already given their full measure of devotion, and it was their last full measure of devotion. But we can't let it be the last full measure of devotion, because now it's on each of us, and subsequently with each generation, that's our job. It's our job to take that candle that feels like it got extinguished in the night and pick it up like a torch and run with it. And that's what we're here to do. Uh, Fantastic. Jenny Taylor, as always, thank you so much. And we do. We honor best those who have gone before by living our lives and serving today with excellence. Jenny, thanks for joining us. We're going to go ahead and step aside. Have a good, good one. Bottom of the hour break. When we come back, Mac Wilberg, Scott Barrick will join us. Tabernacle Choir, new album. Don't miss this. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.